Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all for downloading our show once again. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, super excited to bring you today's interview as it was with one of Australian and Queensland swimming's brightest young stars in Mr. Sam Short. At 16 years of age, Sam has already been knocking off records in the pool held by some of our biggest names in the sport in Mac Horton and Grant Hackett, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. As I've said to you guys before, this show is not just about bringing you the superstars of the pool right now, or even past legends. It's also about bringing you the stories of the next wave of young athletes who are sure to set the world on fire in years to come, and Sam definitely fits that bill. So make sure you've washed your hands, turn your notifications off, and have the volume all the way up, because episode number 10 starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Joining us today on the show is an age group swimmer that from the age of nine has been knocking down records whenever he's in the pool. He is the current 15 years Australian champion in multiple events, including the 1500, the 800 and the 400 freestyle. And earlier this year, he was also selected to be a part of the Australian team's distance event camp held up in Brisbane, where he trained with the best distance swimmers our country has to offer. It's a very big welcome to Off The Block Swing podcast to Sam Short. How you going, mate? Hey, thanks, Robbie. I'm doing good. Coping with coping well, considering the current circumstances with yes, COVID and all that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's all happening out there for everyone. So now listen, for everyone um, who's listening today, I'm coming to you from the studios down in Sydney. Um, and by studio, I mean out in my garage, in my bar area that I've set up. Um, where, where have we caught <laughs> you today? Uh, I'm just at home, as I think everyone can relate to at the moment, just relaxing making the best of the situation now for everyone out there who doesn't know sam uh, where is home uh albany creek uh brisbane up in brisbane now yeah for everyone who doesn't know you, you train at albany creek um swim club up there with uh, head coach richard slight um at the moment mate how are you coping with all the self-isolation stuff and not being able to train with with the team and and see the head coach well, I, I I miss it a lot. I think I took for granted being able to see all my best mates every day. Yeah. And Richard, um, having not having been able to train and you know socialise definitely taking its toll. But we all stay connected in a certain way uh, with that either playing games or zooms mm. weekly. But, but um, I'm getting better. I'm improving as time goes on. Mate, I saw the head coach did a, a drive by. What what is that? What's a drive by? Oh, so, um, so making sure he followed all social distancing rules mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Richard being rich, 
managed to we drove by every single one of his uh, national squad members' house and nice. sat in his car and waved and made sure everyone was doing good. <laughs> Did he play any tunes for you? Oh, yeah, plenty of bangers come from this. <laughs> always has the DJs going. <laughs> Mate, have you done any training today? What, what have you been up to today? Um, yeah, today I've done you know a bit of core. I've uh, got the boxing pads out. Uh, nice. swam with the, with the bungee. Yep. So it's making the best of my available resources, I guess. How's the temp of the pool, though? Must be getting cold now. Yeah, I don't have heating in my <laughs> pool, so it's getting colder as time goes on. It's no different to Albany Creek through winter anyway when the when the pumps have their issues. Um, yes. <laughs> mate, um, National Age and, and Opens cancelled this year due to coronavirus um, and you were supposed to be in Perth right now racing. So what effect has that had on you mentally? Um, so when I got the news, I was at Senior Mets qualifying meet yep. and like, I was initially gutted. I got extremely emotional. I was sad. You know, knowing I was in the best shape I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I realized I put countless hours of training and just got taken away from me. Mm. And it was challenging. But um, over time, I've managed to realize that it was definitely the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's a bigger picture and not just about myself. Um, I'm starting to deal with it better as time goes on because I realized it's out of my control and, you know, everyone's in the same boat. How much of a help has Rich been with that sort of stuff? Oh, Rich has been, uh, he's been great through this. Um, he ensures the whole squad is included in everything. And, you know, as I said earlier, his drive-bys, keeps everyone connected, and his weekly Zoom meetings even goes to the extent of, like, just <clears throat> making sure everyone's doing the same thing at the same time, yeah. playing games together. Yeah. Um, and on our Zooms with, as a squad, you know, we have special guests like psychologists, um, Belinda from Movement Improvement, physios, and even having a star such as Emma McKeon coming on later in the week. Yeah. Nice. Emma McKeon, you've got to be excited for that. Yeah, she's a legend. What a flyer, what a freestyler, what a champion. Um, mate, a lot of junior athletes out there and coaches listen to the program. Um, give us a little insight into your home dry land program at the moment. What does it look like? Give us a, a sample of, say, a week for you right now. Um, so with the pool shut down, I've been doing a variety of activities on the land mm-hmm. and even using my home eight meter pool with a yeah. bungee. <laughs> um, a lot of tumble turns. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best land animal as yeah. everyone who knows me can tell. Uh, I'm starting to do get into regular runs, boxing sessions, and I make sure definitely keep my physio exercises up yep. and, you know, I'm doing the occasional walk with the dogs and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I even get my, got my old man's ancient uh, gym equipment out of the uh, shed. <laughs> yeah. Been having a crack on them. Dusted off the uh, cobwebs. Yeah. Uh, it's safe to say I'm fairly lucky with the available equipment I have yeah. um, at my disposal at the moment. So I'm making sure I make the best of what I can use at this current t- point in time. Mate, a lot of people stuck in the houses, as we've said, and you know, a lot of people stuck in there with their loved ones and their families and it's creating its own challenges, you know, me especially. I have a massive house full of people, so lots of challenges for me. Is there anyone from the Albany Creek swim team that you wouldn't want to get stuck in isolation with? Oh, okay. Uh, anyone that um, knows anyone from Albany Creek, I think <laughs> would have to agree on no doubt that um, – especially your previous coach of ours, that it must be mm. either Creswell or Alex Ryan. 
Um, I love them both, though. <laughs> yeah, they're both great guys, but jeez. <laughs> It's only a joke, though. I know, I know. It's only a joke, but yeah, I can't disagree with you. Um, <laughs> mate, for uh, the listeners who are joining us today, and they might have been, this might be the first time they've ever heard your name. It's a great chance for them to get to know you a little bit more and, and your journey so far. So let's go back to the start. What are the earliest memories for you as a, a young swimmer? Oh, yeah. Um, so when I was younger, always remember we always went day trips to the beach like my family being really they always have loved the surf yeah so earliest memories has to be swimming in the surf with my family uh, all my friends from up the coast um i learned to swim in my neighborhood swim school just down the road in their own backyard pool yeah um and just race. and i was remember just racing absolutely everything in the session in the junior squads knowing how competitive i was yeah probably was the most competitive kid on the planet <laughs> so mate whereabouts you say you're swimming um a bit of swimming at the beach what what beach whereabouts uh yeah i am a part of the marine shore surf life saving club nice so up on the sunshine coast always go up mainly weekends and have a bit of a surf swim you know it's fun yeah nice spot the sunny coast um mate who were your heroes growing up which swimmers did you look up to Oh, well, being a predominantly distant swimmer, pretty, and I'm a freestyler, I must say I do look up to the greatest of them all, that yep. being Grant Hackett, yep. Kieran Perkins, Thorpey, yep. um, Peter Vanden Hoogen Band, and nice everyone else that um, has, everyone else that swims mm. must agree that everyone looks up to Phelps in some way. Mate, he is the GOAT. Yes. <laughs> Mate, you, you mentioned there you're always competitive, even in training, but what age did it start to get more competitive for you in terms of competing and, and when you were racing? What age did you start to, you know, really want that gold? So, yeah, as you know, I was fairly young um, going into the competition. So I've always I've been – I was like started really young, like eight years old at the Brisbane Sprint Carnivals. Mm. Um, and I've always – since when I was really young, just wanted to win. I was just naturally competitive, even if that meant having no technique at the age of like eight, <laughs> just swinging my arms as fast as I could. Yeah. Um, um, but when I was eight, I guess, I, I started getting nervous for sprint carnivals, I guess. Mm. So, yeah. But I feel um, maybe a better athlete starting younger, mm. being Did able to deal with a bit of nerves. Yeah. Did you play any other sports when you were growing up? I know your family's heavily into um, surf lifesaving. Uh, yeah, definitely. I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, anyone who knows the shorts, uh, we are a well-renowned family in the surf sport. Mm. Um, knowing my dad and a lot of my uncles are legends in the sport. Yeah, uh, I've definitely been doing that my whole life, trying to follow in my dad's footsteps. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played rugby, even soccer when I was younger. Mm. Um yeah, uh, I stopped playing them probably around the age of 12. Yeah. Stopped playing rugby then. Um, because I enjoyed playing everything, really. Mate, one thing I like to do with the guests that come on is take them back. And I say to the younger years, you're still 15, 16 now. You're 16? Yeah. So, I mean, you're still fairly young anyway. But just like to check if, if any bad habits were in there, especially, you know, seven, eight, nine year old Sam. So I'm going to give you a few bad habits and then you let me know if, you've, if you did these or not. I'll make sure Richard doesn't listen to this. So, um, what about feet on the bottom of the pool during laps? Have you ever done that? Uh, no. Uh, I've 
never been the one to try and take shortcuts mm. um, during training. Very disciplined. But I always have been a bad kicker. Yep. And used to take the sneaky single arm stroke oh. kicking when I was younger. No arms. Got yelled at a couple of times for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about pulling on the lane rope in backstroke? Um, no, I ha- I didn't really do that. I used to be scared of the lane rope because I used to hit my fingers all the time. <laughs> so the further away from the lane rope, the better for me. What about uh, going to the toilet mid-set, but just to have a rest? Well, my mum mm-hmm. always made sure that was never an option for me. Um. Yeah, I've, I've never done that. Uh, a lot of other people have. I'm not, not going to mention names. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I, I know the people you're talking about too. Um, um, what about last yeah. to get in the pool? Have you ever been last to get in the pool? I have. You know, some of those rough mornings going up, you're in a bad mood, you're tired. Yeah. It's cold, it's winter, the Albany Creek heaters are broken again. <laughs> Don't really want to get in. <laughs> I've definitely been the last one a couple of times, but Richard always finds a way. He's like, yeah, you know, once you're in, you're in. So. Nice. Mate, what are some of your favourite events to race in the pool? Um, well, I love the 15, 8 and 400 free. Uh, 200 free is always an exciting one for me. Yep. And I love to push myself in the 200 fly. So I call them the real man events for me. <laughs> I still remember watching you in the 200 fly at Age Nationals in Sydney. Um, that, was a, that was a big race. Yeah, outside lane for me. I remember winning. Yeah. I was... I, wasn't even meant to medal on that one. Somehow got the gold. Outside Smokey. <laughs> Mate, balancing school and training. I know school's a bit um, different for everyone at the moment, but just in general, what? how do you f- find trying to balance school and, and training, and especially at the level that you've got to get to now? Yeah. Um, so my school is really supportive of my sports. Um, they may, I've got a spare, so i got to get free periods at school. Mm. And they let me go through my assignments and all my homework through then. And all the teachers are really helpful. Um, so they make sure none of my school will get in the way of my swimming. And they try and arrange my due dates around my really big carnivals. Yeah. And But my family's always been really big. You know, education is first. So if I am struggling, they no doubt I'll, I'll have to miss training if I just really need to get something done. But usually that doesn't go to get to that point. Always got to try and stay on top. And I feel like I've improved rapidly on my time management skills mm. because of it. Mate, what about school now? So what's school look like for you at the moment? Do you guys do online classes? Do you still go to school? What, what happens? Yeah, so in the lead up to the school holidays, um, the school, Prince Peace, was trying to make sure everyone didn't have to come to school as long, unless they had to. Yeah. So I've been using Microsoft Teams, um, Zoom calls, um, Microsoft Office, Office like OneNote, and just pretty. I still do the same stuff, just at home really. So with technology these days, it's really easy to stay on top of your schoolwork. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of swimmers out there have big meets and qualifying times that they're always trying to achieve. What are a few things that you struggled with, um, you know, as an age group swimmer coming through? And say, for example, you know, dealing with a, a big program, which I know you always have a, a massive program, or maybe nerves before a race. Was there anything that you've sort of had to try and overcome? Um, yeah, I've always remembered uh, growing up, I used to get really nervous before races. Um, it wasn't until, I remember school nationals um, when I was, 12 i remember i had a huge program i was doing everything 
had no time for warm downs and I just just cracked. I just got really I was just nervous and just couldn't do it and then I remember um Raylene from Miami gave yeah, me Rails. a t- yeah, gave me a talk and you know, how it's not the end of the world, how you should do it, it's not gonna kill you. And so that for me was a turning point, you know, I realised it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, I chose to race. So yeah. And I always make sure I do the training before it. And I always remember that I've done this done harder sets. I'm mm. more prepared and you know, I should get what I deserve when I race. Yeah. Champion rails is. Um Yeah. Mate, do you have any pre race rituals? Anything that you've got to do before you race? Um I am a infamous slapper. I always slap myself for the race. I've I'm glad you're slapping yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always come out with the red marks yeah. on me. Um, I, I do do a um, always yawn behind the blocks. Oh, very nervous. Always. Yeah. And um, if it's a big race, I always listen to Eminem with my Beats headphones. Oh, better lose yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, when did you start transitioning to more middle distance and distance freestyles? So obviously, I know you're 16 now, but I mean, you weren't always doing that. At what age do you think everything started to click for you, and you know, you started to see that that was probably more the road you needed to go down? Um, yeah. So when I was younger, I uh, was raced the 50s and the 100s and could do it quite well. Yeah. Um, but I was a fairly late developer compared to most of the other boys, and so I remember. The turning point for me was um, school sport. It was like the pan pack year, and it was in Adelaide. And I was twelve, and I went to I went to nationals, and I, I won it the previous year. And I went there, and I was like, "There's no way these boys are in my age group." <laughs> and I was tiny, yeah. so and I just couldn't compete with them on the shorter events. Mm. Um, so that for me, I realised I had to train distance to you know be able to you know win. So from that point on was. I kind of just trained distance, raced the 400, started dipping my foot in the, in the 800s. And as I grew, I ended up, you know, became my event for me, really. Yeah. Just developed into a really good, efficient distance swimmer. That was a good choice you've made. Um, your coach, Richard Slight, is a man I know very well, having had the privilege of working with him up there at Albany Creek and yourself. I got to do quite a few Wednesday morning sets with you. What impact has he had on your career so far? Oh, Richard's been probably one of the biggest influences on my life. Uh, I probably see him more than I see my parents <laughs> uh, at the moment. Um, he, he made me realise that you know there is more to life than swimming. He always gives us the big talks on how you know swimming helps you become a good man, not only a good swimmer. Um, you know, he made me realise that failures are just learning opportunities. And that being a good person overrules anything, and that he will respect you as a person, not only an athlete. And um, he's also had a big influence on my music taste. <laughs> um, him playing his beats all the time in the morning, I've definitely had a bit of a change in my music taste. Him and his, bit of techno. Yeah, him and his beats. Uh, his beats. Um, mate, is there anything? <laughs> as we just talked about his music taste, but is there anything else we don't know about Richard that you might be able to tell us? Um, he does, he's an excellent dancer, excellent dancer, and um, he's actually really strong in the gym. Gets on the bench press really well. But you're trying to get brownie points now, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can cut a rug. I, I can uh, I can attest to that. I have seen him 
dancing around and uh, yeah, he, he's got some moves. I'll give him that. He's got some moves. <laughs> yes. Um, mate, Albany Creek Swim Club is where you train and, and compete. What? Tell me about the team culture up there. Oh, yeah. So um, we all really, we're all friends in, in the national squad and even the state squad, everyone's friends. Um, we all work hard and we all make sure we do the little things and we all thrive on a challenge. Um, it's always every Wednesday morning when Rich hands out a fairly scary session to everyone. <laughs> yeah. We all, you know, get in it, get it done. Um, what sets us apart is I, know, I think we're all a bit of pretty much a family. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we all push each other and it's a good environment. Mate, something I remember, um, you know, even to this day is whenever you guys were finishing your sets and depending on, you know, whether it was the, you know, 1500 guys or 200 guys or whatever it might have been, everyone was always um, congratulating everyone at the end and cheering and high-fiving and, um, you know, supporting one one another and that's always stayed with me. I think that's a, a great asset that you guys have as a, as a team up there is um, just always, you know, everyone's hurting, I guess. But um, you still have the wherewithal to make sure you're there supporting your teammates, which I think you guys do really well. Yeah, it's um one thing. Everything happens at the end of set. Everyone, no matter what happens, gets around, gives everyone a handshake. Um, not obviously not at the moment, but yeah, yeah. going on, can't handshake anymore. But yeah. everyone always just gives each other a little handshake. Yeah, it's good. As Richard would say, respect. Um, yeah, respect. <laughs> Mate, 1500 is one of your pet events um, and you've been knocking off some big records along the way, um, you know, with many of them held by Mac Horton, which is a pretty big um, accomplishment for you and puts you in elite company. Um, give us a little insight into your race plan for a 1500. Like, what, what do you and Rich talk about, you know, before you go? How do you piece it together? Yeah, so um, I've always naturally gone out hard. Um, sometimes I've gone out a little too hard. And it's come to bite me in the ass on the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Richard, for me, makes sure we're trying to work on me pacing the first half of my race. But I uh, still go out hard, but not too hard. That yep. kind of happy medium. Yep. So I have the change of speed towards the end because throughout my sets, I've been working on changing speeds and coming home faster than when I come in, even when I go out. So more so sort of like descending it? Yeah. So not only racing faster but smarter that's our goal mate last year you competed at the australian short course champs down in melbourne and you had a great meet you got second in the 800 freestyle i think that's the one where you broke the 16 years australian record which was held by mac horton as i just said before now he was there at the meet as well and you raced him um i think you you knocked him off in the 400 which you know which is a a testament to you i I know he probably wasn't at his best but still would have been a bit of a thrill for you what was it like racing someone you looked up to for so long yeah so racing someone like mac you know who i've watched win olympic gold medal at 2016 rio games was both humbling and an honor for me i know it wasn't his a game Mm. obviously definitely wasn't but i actually tied with him in the heats of the 400 Mm. which is pretty cool got the screenshot on meet mobile (laughs) um and beating his record was also a huge honour and it further motivated me that I had a chance to push and reach where he is at mm. the moment. Hey, did you get and a I chance post- to have a chat to him? Did you say hello? I oh, shook his hand after the race, said hello. Um, didn't talk too much. Uh, he probably wanted to get him warmed down. Wasn't it one of his best races? But, yeah, he's a nice guy. 
mate, the, the level you're at now, and we talk, I talk about, you know, um, breaking records and is that something you and Richard sort of set now as goals? And I guess you get to a certain level where you've got to, you know, set your bar a little bit higher. Do you guys talk about goals in terms of any records that you might be chasing, things like that? Uh, yeah, so before a big prep, we always, me and Rich, um, have a conversation. Um, we write down what I want to achieve, um, but we make sure, he, well, he makes sure that I don't always just go for records. It's more me yep. improving myself. So he knows he knows what I can do. Mm. Um, so we always make sure I set a personal goal, and if that's faster than a record, he says, you know, that's, that's a bonus. Mate, uh, earlier this year, you were a part of the Australian team's distant camp up in uh, a Chandler. Head coach, I think, on that one was Vince Raleigh, and there were some big names on there. I think we had Jack McLaughlin and Karina Lee. A couple of people have been on the podcast before. Kim Melverton was there and, and Nick Sloman. Um, how did you enjoy that experience, and, and was there anything you sort of took away from it? Oh, so training with the best in the country was amazing. You know, being a distant swimmer, I rarely get to swim next to people that do the same sets as me and just have training next to the best people in the, in the country creates some amazing sets and mm. to watch it would be pretty special. Yeah. Um, I definitely learned how to be independent from the experience. Uh, when I got the news, I was on the camp and you had to cook for yourself through the <laughs> whole week and buy everything. It was pretty yeah. daunting. Um, I did get through it. With a mountain of frozen food, but <laughs> got through it. So I think, yeah, definitely had to be independent through the whole experience. Mate, you said before you're pretty competitive. Were the competitive juices flowing through some of those sets? Did you look across and, and see a couple of the boys and think, right, I'm going to have you? Oh, definitely. Um, throughout the week, you know, Richard always wanted me to push myself next to these boys, yep. um, being the youngest boy on the camp. Oh, it was really good to knock a couple of them off in sets. Um, so definitely got a little bit extra out of me at the end of each set. Did you leave with a taste, I guess, of, you know, I want that again. I, I don't want this to sort of be the one time that I get there. I want to make sure I'm here again the next time this happens. Yeah. I, I remember, um, asking Vince, I was like, oh, is this going to be a yearly thing almost? And he's like, yeah, well, that uh, that's the goal. And yeah. I was like, okay, good. And I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, I've got to get on the camp again because yeah. it's just a great experience. Mate, another question here, without notice, I didn't put it on the list, but how is your cooking now after that? Is your, has your cooking improved? Are you working you know, more with fresh foods now rather than just frozen? <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm better than when I was. I wouldn't call myself uh, a natural or a master mm. chef, but uh, I know how to cook the essentials. What are, you, what are some of your main dishes? Give, give me a few of your mains here. So for brekkie, I always have a bacon and eggs, nice. scrambled usually, scrambled, and yeah. yeah, that's fairly easy. Um, uh, lunch, morning tea, I kind of always have the leftovers from dinner last night, really. I've <laughs> always been having that, yeah. less cooking, just heat it up, yeah. and um, smart, easy uh, toasted sandwiches, they're always a reliable mm. um, food, mm. and then for dinner... I've always been a man for spaghetti bolognese. I love a bit of spag. Nice. And you, you cook that yourself now? I'm learning. My mum's got a pretty secret recipe and oh. makes it really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to learn how to use it <laughs> cook it. Mate, you know, I'll tell you something about scrambled eggs 
and because I can't cook, I'm hopeless. My wife is a really good cook, and I like <laughs> it to stay that way because um, you know she's brilliant in the kitchen. But I often try to do an omelet, and it always turns into scrambled eggs in the end because I can't manage to flip the <laughs> bastard over without it all falling apart. And I think, oh, that's it, and then it just ends up being scrambled eggs. So. <sighs> omelets you know there's such a pain um <laughs> mate stepping away from the pool now uh, what do you get up to in your downtime when you're not training you know and what obviously now doesn't count because you still got to try and find ways to train and boxing and stuff what do you do away from that all um so i play um ps4 xbox with my, my mates yep and um also like playing games with the family um i call the girlfriend every now and then um, and watch a ton of Netflix and Disney Plus all the time. <laughs> Disney Plus, nice. Mate, I've, I've given you some homework to do, and hopefully we'll, we'll see how you go with this. So it's something we're trying to just, while we're checking in at everybody at home and, and everyone's listening and they've all got, you know, looking for things to do, I thought it was a, a good opportunity for us here on the show and the guests to give people, um, you know, some some things to look at doing, maybe some ideas. So we're going to go, we've got top three, top two, and top, and the number one. We'll start with top three, and it's top three shows to binge watch during isolation. So what have you come up with? Um, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. That's, that's, a reg- that's always, I can yeah. always come back and watch that. Solid. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Sex Education lately on Netflix. Yeah, is it good? I haven't watched that, but is it good? It's, fu- it's funny, yeah, it's funny. very funny. Yep. Um, and The Office is another one that, you know, you can watch any time. The Office. Is there, you watch the American version though, I'm assuming? Yeah, on um, Stan. I've got Stan as well. Oh, you've got Stan, on. you've got it all happening at your house. Yeah, Stan. <laughs> you've got, got the free trials going. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the free trials. Well played. Um, <laughs> mate, what about uh, top two games to play? Um, so I've got a PS4. I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed lately. Nice. Um, yeah, and um, the family game Pass the Pigs. Shout out, shout out to anyone who actually knows how to play that game. Pass the Pigs. Pretty... What is that? Um, well, I, I didn't know how to play it until I went to my girlfriend's family, and yeah. it's they're tight. Yeah, and it's um, you got they're like dice, except they're like pigs, and you know the way you roll them just gets you points. It's really funny, and if you <laughs> if you're on zero by the time someone wins, like. <laughs> Yeah, let's go for a nudie run. If you really, <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. Pass the pigs. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Pass the pigs. I tell you, a good one that uh, we played the other day was um, oh, something to do with burritos. I don't know what. Did you, have you played the game with the burrito? Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, you get you get this two foam burritos. And um, you're playing games anyway. Once you you get certain cards and you start pegging the burritos at each other, uh, and it was really fun. Just as, if you can get someone in the face with a, a foam burrito, uh, it's a very satisfying feeling. Um, <laughs> what about mate? The number one Olympic moment to rewatch? Okay, yeah. So um, I am half Dutch. And knowing that, I, I do love um, and enjoy watching Peter Van den Hoogen band swim mm-hmm. when he was in his prime. Yep. Um, and his 2,204 swims to me were pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I loved watch. I loved it on replay. You can always watch it uh, when um, Peter and Thorpe battled the 200 free yeah. in Sydney, 2000 Olympics. And it's just the atmosphere and the vibe and just amazing for me. 
I think there were some good battles back then, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Mate, when we redo this interview in two years' time, what accomplishments would you like me to be adding to that intro? I mean, already the intro was pretty impressive at your age, but what, what would you like me to be adding up there? Um, hopefully uh, a junior Oz team would love i'd love to get on finally mm. just missed it last year and i would have i was higher ranked for it this year but you know circumstances stopped that happening um hopefully in the process maybe knock down a couple of odds records in the process maybe yep um and with the help of my sponsors arena um roger belinda from movement improvement and devon i reckon that's definitely within within range for me and uh, most importantly i want to keep enjoying what i do Nice. Mate, look at you go even getting the sponsors' plugs in there as well. You're a professional, <laughs> I tell you. I've done, I've done um, you know, many of these interviews, as you know, and I, I can't remember any of them actually, you know, getting the plugs in for their sponsors. So look at you go already. What a professional. <laughs> uh, mate, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you very much for coming on, mate, and sharing some of your insights and your stories. And I hope people leave this interview with a, a very big admiration for you as an athlete and, and will remember your name, especially, you know, when it comes around time to, you know, maybe trials next year. Hopefully you get down there and have a crack and moving on, you know, two, three years down the track from that. Who knows? Com games and things like that. Um, and I know, you know, we'll all be watching and me especially and cheering you on and hopefully, uh, you know, we get you on for another chat somewhere down the track. But until then, mate, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you so much. Very good opportunity. Thank you. Not a trouble at all, mate. Have a good day, eh? Yeah, you too. Today's episode is proudly powered by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team currently have a 40% off discount for all Off The Block Swimming podcast listeners. All you need to do is visit the website at proswimworkouts.com and use the coupon code OTBSP. Yes, that stands for Off The Block Swimming Podcast for all of you playing along at home. If you do this, you'll receive a 40% discount off premium memberships and have access to all the fantastic Pro Swim Workout content. So once again, just visit the website and use the coupon code OTBSP to receive your 40% discount today. Next episodes, yes, that means more than one, are dropping this Friday, the 24th of April, and will be our Anzac Day specials. What better way to pay our respects than to have two Australian swimming legends on the show in Michael Klim and Alicia Coots. Some awesome chats with champion people and definitely episodes you will not want to miss. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Please make sure you get out of the house at least once a day. Call your parents and tell them you love them. And it's bye for now. <laughs>